and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke Pinsky. Wolf sitting to my right. Wolf, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot, Luke. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I mean, all things considered, with the way this, uh, the things are going for the Cardinals and Suns specifically, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good. I thought I thought it was a good episode of Hard Knocks last night. We'll get into that later on in the show. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, man. Fantastic stuff. It really was. I thought D Hop, of course, dominated yeah. um, the episode, and his mom, of course. Can't wait to get into that beautiful woman. We'll we'll, uh, we'll do Hard Knocks with uh, with Hard Rock a little bit later in the show. Lorenzo Alexander will join us later in the show as well. K-Ray for a little game day with K-Ray also later in the show and some other stuff uh, that we pick up along the way because Wolf the Suns are back in action tonight in Los Angeles, 8.30 tip Arizona time, 8 o'clock pregame coverage right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So it's... It's the middle of the season. You've heard arguments on both sides. Okay, yeah, it's a five-game losing streak. Big deal. It's five games in the middle of the season. Eh, It kind of feels like it is bigger than just nothing. I'll just start here, Wolf. It feels like a win tonight over you know a decent Clippers team. You never know who's going to play for the Clippers, but it's a decent team. I think that would go a long way towards shifting the vibe around this team. You do? Why specifically would you say that? I mean, just because it's the Clippers, um, they're playing much better. As a matter of fact, as of late, they got off to a two and four start and they've played much more consistently. Um, I would say in particular, their last six games, they've won four of those. Um, they've won three in a row. They just, uh, beat the T Wolves last night. As a matter of fact, they were playing the front end of a back to back. And tonight, of course, it's going to be the back end of the back back-to-back against the Suns, but on Monday, they they boat-raced the Boston Celtics. They beat them by 20 points. Um, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is back. He's been back for about 10 days, of course. Um, I'm not saying he wasn't playing before that. He was, but um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back, and they brought him back on the same day, December 5th, and ever since they've been back, they've, they've started to gel. Yeah, and, and they are, you know, John Wall didn't play last night. Uh, Norman Powell is, hasn't played in a little while. They, that's what I'm saying. They kind of bounce back and forth as far as who actually is playing. But right now, Paul George is playing, and Kawhi Leonard has started playing. And that's where it all begins with this team. And I just, I, you know, I'm not even going that deep into it, honestly, Wolf. It's just a matter of, like you said yesterday, this really all started December 2nd, so a couple Fridays ago against Houston, a game you're leading by 16 and you lose, and from that point on, you're 1-6 and six and the one win is over the Spurs. You, know, you got New Orleans coming up again on Saturday. Do you really want to stumble into that game on a six-game losing streak, having lost seven of eight and Man. beat up? No, you don't. And, you know, once again, it's interesting. You bring up the December 2nd. You bring up the game, of course, the Houston Rockets game, where they lost that game, and they did in dramatic fashion for the most part after having a 16-point lead, I believe, in that game, and it blew up in their face. And that really was the the, the beginning of this lull that the Suns are experiencing 
experiencing right now in their season. And yet at the same time, when we talk about this Clippers team, that the that, that first week, December 5th, of course, their defense has really carried them. Uh, carried them against the Boston Celtics, as a matter of fact. They just waylaid the Boston Celtics. You're talking about the best offensive team, the highest scoring team in the association. And the Clippers went out there and just waylaid the Boston Celtics. There's no other way to say it. No. Um, After that, that Suns game, the Celtics lost to Golden State, got hammered by the Clippers, and should have lost to the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Boston. So, you know, once again, though, I'm looking at that, and man, that feels like who the Clippers are. That feels like their culture and what they were trying to build over there, and it feels exactly what's missing from the Phoenix Suns uh, right now. It's funny you say it like that, because my biggest thing with the Clippers coming into this season was they were the team of ifs, right? People had people had the Clippers in the NBA Finals, and that obviously could still happen. But people had the Clippers in the NBA Finals, but it was like if Kawhi comes back, and you know if John Wall gets back to where he sure. was a couple of years ago, and if Paul George stays healthy, it's like, yeah, that's a lot of ifs, especially the Kawhi one. And unfortunately now, right now, Wolf, the Suns feel like the if team. Of like, okay, well, yeah, if they figure things out, if they make a trade, if they do that, and it's okay, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Suns could still do it too, but on this exact moment, as they play today on December 15th, the Clippers are actually a little more stable, and the Suns are hoping to get Booker back, and hoping to get Aiton back, and they're not going to get campaign back tonight, and they're not really playing very good basketball either. Yeah, you know what I love about this, though, is I really do believe um, in the players the Phoenix Suns have. I believe that um, 16 and 7 actually happened in their first 23 games. I believe that. We all saw that. They were, they were playing good. 15 and 6, they were playing well, I should say, right? 15 and 6 at one point, 16 and 7. That actually happened. Nobody was sounding alarms when the Suns were, were winning games. Um, but to me, they have the players. They have pretty much the same players that are done. Now, when Cam Johnson comes back, that's going to change everything. Jay Crowder is the one guy we continue to say, was he really that much of an impact on this team? Was he truly the fulcrum guy for the defense for the Phoenix Suns? The toughness, the, the physicality, he was a lot of that stuff. There's no denying that. Yet at the same time, Luke... They still have great leadership. They still have really good players. They need to double down on what it is they believe in and what their culture was all about and get back to basics, like staying in front of people (laughs) on the defensive end of the floor, get back to moving their feet and playing some defense. That's what they got to do. Double down on what it is that got them into this position and has gotten them into this position when you look over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they have the players. I still think they need to add somebody, but I think what this really is that that we're all sort of experiencing right now is maybe this is what it feels like to come back to the pack a little bit because last year in the Western Conference, it was really just the Suns and the Warriors. You know, I know Memphis made a nice run, but we knew all season, all regular season, it was the Suns and you knew the Warriors were lurking. Now it's not the case. And even this year when you start 15 and 6 and you're number 1 in the Western Conference, but you didn't add anything really in the offseason. You added some peripheral pieces, but I think anybody looking at the Suns impartially would say they lost just as much as they gained, if not more. 
we all think something's still going to happen and another shoe's going to drop this season. But as they're kind of scuffling right now, other teams are catching them. So it doesn't mean they're suddenly bad. And it doesn't mean they're suddenly like a fringe playoff team. It just means they're not the clear-cut one or two top teams in the Western Conference. Because right now they're in a three-way tie for fourth and they're a half game up on seventh. Yeah, yeah, you know, but once again, I look at the Clippers, man. What's about to happen to the Phoenix Suns tonight is they're going to get hit right in the face with the Clippers being the number four defensive rated team in the association right now. Yeah. They're going to get hit with well, that. And they like Right in the face. I, what are you going to do about it? They might like, literally see, get this hit This is in the what face. I'm saying. What are you going to do about it? Is that not going to be a wake-up call right there? Who's going to play tonight? That's the other thing. We, we've got all sorts of questions surrounding this game tonight. Who's going to play? Will Kawhi Leonard play on the back end of a back-to-back? I would think if, if you are managing him, you would play him in a game like this. Here's James Jones with Burns and Gambo yesterday, specifically on Devin Booker. I mean, we're hopeful Devin can go tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll see with him. And as far as DeAndre and, and Cam, who, you know, banged up last night, they're still going, they're un, going under evaluation. So uh, hopefully we get a little more clarity with, with them in the next couple of hours. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that certainly throughout the show today. The 2022 college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium December 31st. First, featuring number two Michigan and number three TCU as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Another day for the Arizona Cardinals and more adversity for the Arizona Cardinals. Is there anything that can go right for this team? We will react next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Before we get into the Cardinal stuff, see the uh, tweet that Chris Paul is going to graduate from Winston-Salem State University on Friday and the Suns have an off day. So he's actually going to fly to North Carolina and uh, and get the cap and gown, walk in the ceremony and everything. That is so great, man. That really is. That is an awesome story right there. And you did lift my spirits, and I needed my spirits lifted. Yeah. Um, let's let's get into the inevitable here. The, uh, the, the story that broke, I don't know, an hour or two after our show yesterday that Steve Keim is going to take a health-related leave of absence from the Cardinals. Um, team released uh, a, a, a very short statement that said Keim's duties are being handled on an interim basis by Vice President of Player Personnel Quentin Harris and Vice President of Pro Personnel Adrian Wilson. Out of respect for privacy, which is required by law, the team will refrain from commenting further, unquote. So I'm not going to speculate, obviously, but it's not good. No, it isn't good. That much we do know. Uh, I know nothing, Basinonians, of what made Steve Kime take a leave of absence for health purposes. But I know I love the guy, and I wish him a speedy recovery. That much I do know. Um, so much of the time, um, football, of course, seems to be the end-all, be-all for so many people out there. And we're the Wu Fan Clan. We understand that. We really do. It's such an emotional game, and it has a way of consuming you, especially when you're involved in it on a daily basis. Um, this is just another reminder, man. It's just another reminder to me. Um, there are more important things in life, and one of them is friendship. 
And uh, Steve Kime is a friend, and I'm praying for him, and I, I have no idea what has happened. I just know it's nothing good. It feels like, and I don't want to lump this into football because of what you just said, but just this week feels like it has taken a turn beyond, okay, you guys are having a bad football season to Kyler Murray with a, a significant injury, this Steve Keim news now, you know, even talking to Cliff Kingsbury on Tuesday, I mean, he has ties to Mike Leach. Like, it's just been a brutal week on a human level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, feels like we, yes. it feels like we have crossed the point of, okay, yeah, the football universe has decided the Cardinals are going to have a miserable season on the field, but it just the point has to keep being driven home by things that you don't have any control over off the field now too yes it's just i i you know again um i've never been around any type of team that has had this kind of distraction all season long i'm i it is stunning you and i were talking about this before the show actually started but the amount of distractions and i can't help it here we are at this point of the season. Um, Cliff Kingsbury and his tie to Bill Belichick, my tie to Bill Belichick, just the, the, the recency of Bill Belichick and the fact that he hammered home every day. Don't bring distractions to this team. Can you imagine, right? I mean, he was so big on eliminating the distractions, and yet... Um, all season long, this team has succumbed to distractions, in my opinion. It, it, it's one of those things where when you start to talk about what needs to, like, what's the process after the season, honestly, Wolf, I, looking back, as you put together a list, we were kind of talking about it and just reading your list of, of things that have happened off the field around this team this season, some of them, okay, some of them individuals' faults and some of them not anybody's fault, Um the biggest thing I think coming out of the season is like, have a, have a quiet off season for a little bit. You have a couple months where the only thing we talk about with the Cardinals is who they're going to draft. You know what I mean? Not, not, a, not all caps emails from agents about demanding more money for a player or not. I mean, this, it feels like the drama around this team started about three weeks after they lost in the playoffs to the Rams last season. So I'm, I'm hoping it's just a 2022 calendar year thing that is just when we hit the new year maybe things change a little bit for the Cardinals you can't look I want to be clear I'm not saying oh we're going to cross our fingers and our record's going to be better next year I'm not talking about that I'm talking about all the stuff you think about that has happened off the field around the Cardinals this season where guys aren't playing or Antonio Hamilton's involved with a grease fire like some of these things that have happened around this team it's you you put together a list that was like a dozen things that I could easily add six more. Yeah, you know, I once again, um, yeah. injuries happen. Injuries happen in a season, especially in the National Football League. I think we're all accustomed to that. Ron Wolfley reporting, stating the obvious right here. Injuries are going to happen. The Antonio Hamilton thing, you can throw that in there. But that 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 is something I didn't even put down. Um, and yet, you could easily it's, build a case and say, it was so weird the way that happened that that was a distraction. It, even but, if it's not a distraction, maybe just a, a weird event that has happened yeah, around this team. Yeah. You know, I, I, I put it down just everything that has happened this offseason, starting with the playoff loss to the Rams, of course. And then Kyler Murray scrubbing the social media. You already mentioned Eric Burkhart and the all caps and DeAndre Hopkins suspension. Um, 
Kyler Murray then signing a $230 million contract, Rodney Hudson's unannounced near retirement, and then his comeback, and then there was Hollywood Brown, of course, for speeding, and James Saxon dismissed as the running back coach, and on and on it went. Sean Coogler, of course, in Mexico City. It just continues. You know Benjamin? That was weird. You know Benjamin? It just, I, I, I mean, all of the distractions this team has had to endure. I, I've never seen anything like it. I, I, it, it makes, I wonder what Cliff Kingsbury is thinking right now. I really do in regard to what it is that they're going to do going forward. Change everything is what you hear screaming in your ears. He's got to change everything that he does. This, to me, it's it's something that how you prepare a team, what you're going to do next year, the changes you're going to make to the offense, how you practice, what you practice, when you practice. I, I think you're talking about in season. I, I'm the, talking. The practicing. I'm talking about off season. Yeah. I'm talking about in season. I'm talking about rethinking the game of football in every way. Uh, along the lines of the injuries, not these aren't you know obviously not distractions. Teams have injuries. I feel like the the off the field stuff that the Cardinals again, some of it was self inflicted by certain individuals, and some of it was just bad luck. That it just it just feels like it's piling up more and more on this team and like you watch Hard Knocks last night and you're like oh yeah okay J.J. Watt's at least still on the team like there's a few guys that are still out there playing it doesn't even feel like they can field a whole roster uh, when they when they take on Denver but I went through and just looked at the offense the uh, the original 11 starters who were supposed to be yeah. okay so um, 10 of them have missed multiple games 8 of them have been on IR <laughs> The multiple games, it's going to be at least four for nine of those guys and a lot more for, oh. for, for most of those nine by the time the season ended. One player on offense that was supposed to be one of the 11 starters has played every game. That, of course, is Kelvin Beecham. So I'm not saying that as an excuse for their record. I know some of their issues are, you know, they would have been in place maybe if you had your actual starters in there too. And I understand other teams have injuries, but sure. they have never once had their starting lineup on offense together this season, and they're not going to. And yeah. it's not even really close because now Rondale Moore's on IR too. And as we know, sometimes that's been their fault, right? The suspension, of course, of yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, that that was a tough situation, and I think D Hop would be the first one to tell you that. Yet at the same same time, all the injuries that have happened right now, that's exactly why I'm saying that Cliff Kingsbury, I'm wondering what he's thinking. I'm wondering if he's saying, hey, you know what? These walkthroughs that we're having, maybe I'm just, you know, on a Wednesday, are we going to change that? Do we need to rethink everything, the game of football and how we prepare these guys to play in a football game? I think they do. That's just my opinion. Um, doesn't mean it's going to happen. I just think Cliff's got to rethink everything. This is like the definition right now with this team of control what you can control. And I think it's one of the hardest things to do in sports and probably even in life. We've rattled off this list of all these things, and you didn't even read through the whole list, of all these things that have gone wrong this season aside from their 4-9 and record and the, the – I mind boggling false starts and all these different pre snap, all that stuff. But what can you control? You can't, it's not like they could fix all of this, but some of it they can fix. So, how are you going to identify what you can fix in the offseason when you don't even know who your quarterback is to start next season? It's unbelievable. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable right now, Wolf. It, it feels is. like every day 
Like, I don't want to hear news about the Cardinals until it's good again. I know. it's There are so many different variables that are in this paradigm right now. You, you don't know which one holds the pass apart, too. You don't. You don't know which one to look at and say, we've got to fix this. It's just a mess. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when we come back. Pretty good episode of Hard Knocks, all things considered, last night on the Cardinals. Uh, We'll get into that next with Hard Knocks with Hard Rockets, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't think it ever hurts to put an extra camera in somebody's face to try to get the best out of them. Previously on Hard Knocks. Knocks with Hard Rock. Wolf and Luke on last night's episode of Hard Knocks in season with the Arizona Cardinals. Right, we haven't got to do this, or at least I haven't in a couple weeks, Wolf, because last week there wasn't an episode. Yeah. The week before I was in L.A. The week before that there was Thanksgiving. You're partying, of That's course, right. vacation boy. When do you go on vacation? Um, tomorrow. <laughs> All right. It is uh, Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. We'll break it down into three categories for you. We'll talk more about the episode later on in the show, but this way we're going to do it rapid fire with some audio. Let's start with the show stealer. Show stealer. All right, Wolf. My uh, my show stealer for last night was DeAndre Hopkins, and yours was DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre mom. Hopkins, mama. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Mama Bear was absolutely awesome. Beautiful woman. Um, I, I just love her courage and her strength, of course, and her resiliency. Yeah, to, uh, to me, there was no doubt about it. She stole the show. Uh, here's DeAndre Hopkins talking about how his mother has motivated him in his career. In high school, I realized it more so now that it was harder for her to come to the games. She's fresh out of surgeries. Uh, she would be, you know, one week post-surgery, and she coming to the high school game with a patch over her eye. It made me want to go harder because I know that's how she feel me. Obviously, people in the stands telling her what's going on. But for me, it's, I'm trying to make every catch so my mama can hear my name as much as possible. You know, people see me as an athlete. They see me as a robot. Mm-hmm. But it's real life. And then here's Hopkins' mom talking about how D-Hop has motivated her to keep going after the tragedy that they detailed on the show uh, that happened back in 2002 with her. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go out in public. I didn't want to go to the games. I definitely didn't want to be seen. You know, my vanity was gone. And I remember him coming in, you know, coming in and sitting on my bed one day. He had this whole long talk with me about how he just wanted me there. I knew that I had to get up and, you know, get out of my own little self-pity and be there for this, this child that is out here doing amazing things. And he was doing it for the family. Like, he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for everybody. And, you know, how dare I sit here and not be there for him. And so he just said, Mom, I don't care if you can't see. I just want you there. Changed everything. So I started, you know, getting up, and I've been going ever since. (laughs) I've been going ever since. I haven't stopped. That is smash. This is really, really powerful stuff right here. And it's just beautiful to see it. It's something I've believed my brothers for a long, long time, and it's just so true. Um, 
there are guys that are out there on a football field on a Sunday that are there. They're playing for a paycheck. They really are. And then there are guys that are out on a football field like DeAndre Hopkins playing for his mom, playing for his family. Who do you think's going to win? More times than not. And this is why I love this episode, because guess what? This was a bad game for DeAndre Hopkins, wasn't it? This is, this is my hard truth of this episode for Hard Knocks, was seeing what a leader DeAndre Hopkins was, because he was blaming himself for the loss, telling anybody and everybody that he was the one that changed the game. I absolutely love that, because once again, he's telling the truth as he knows it. It doesn't mean it is the truth, but it's what he felt and how he feels about it. And you know what? It speaks to DeAndre Hopkins and the leader that he is and the player that he is and why he's so great. He's out there playing for his family. You're out there playing for a paycheck. Let's, uh, since you brought up hard truth, let's skip ahead to that right now. Hard truth. You mentioned Hopkins. This is uh, D Hop after the the fumble after the game. Actually, that's on me. Hop. I should make a damn play. I should have got no feel. Get it back right here, boy. I gotta make a play. I gotta make up for that fumble, boy. So that was in game. This is after game. Hopkins just kind of sitting on the sidelines. I lost us. I lost us the game. I let them get the momentum. That's on, that's on me. I let them get the momentum, bro. That's on me. I'm going to take that one. That is... That is leadership personified. And the reason why I say that, Basin Orleans, is because he's right. Yeah. He's right. Well, it was the turning point of the game. You can look at that field goal, the fact they went for it on four. No, nah, the fumble and led directly to it. New was, England wasn't winning that game without it, that. Play. It was the fumble of D Hop and the responsibility, listening to DeAndre Hopkins take responsibility for where that turning point happened in this game. <laughs> It fills me with hope, man. It really does, because that's the truth. Uh, if you need further proof, no, look no further than uh, D-Hop's sister. Did you see this part where she's sitting in the suite describing the game, obviously, to D-Hop's mom? And uh, she gets my honorable mention for wherever we're going to put her. Almost show stealer, actually, with this line. Sister, oh, it's his fault too. Like we're not even going to sugarcoat it. Can I just tell you right now that was my best soundbite of the Hard Knocks series. 
that I jump out of order once again That's by fine. saying that was the best song. <laughs> Think about this right now. I had a theme, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm sure you do as well. But Show Stealer, DeAndre Hopkins' mama, of course. Best sound bites. Um, his sister sitting there explaining exactly, critiquing DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. Not sugarcoating and it for not mom at all. Sugarcoating it at all for mom. How awesome was that? That was the best sound bite because it runs in the family, apparently, doesn't it, Hop? It runs in the family. And then the hard truth, man, definitely his leadership and blaming himself for the loss. Standout sound. Yeah, okay, so that was your standout uh, sound. My standout sound, Wolf, was uh, was J.J. Watt with Cameron Thomas. And, look, we know that J.J. Watt is somebody that if you're a young defensive player on this team, you got to be talking to J.J. But he was uh, he was, he was was very detailed, and it was good behind the scenes, some of the stuff he was telling him. I hated football for, like, the first eight games of my rookie year. I sucked. I was just bad. I wasn't doing great. I wasn't passing so great. I had a really rough game. Uh, really rough game. I got pulled from the game three times because I was it was because I was a three technique and I got cut out of my gap three times. So they finally took me out of the game. The line coach told the trainer, "Take his helmet away. I don't want him going back in." And I was just sitting there like I'm a first rounder. I stink that night. And I was like, you know what? I'm a good player. Like I'm, I know what I'm doing. I know how to play football. I'm trying to please everybody and take every step right and take every hands right. There's a reason I got here. It's because I know what I'm doing. So the next day, kind of said. I'm sucking already, so why not suck doing it my way? And I was so much more free, and I was so much more trusting myself and just playing football. Just It was like a weight had been lifted off me because I didn't care if I got yelled at because I was already getting yelled at. I already sucked, you know? If they're going to come, they're going to come me, but at least I'm going to know I did it my way. See, I remember talking to Cameron Thomas way back at rookie camp, and he wasn't the only one, but every player we talked to, like, okay, who's kind of an influence on you? They were all like J.J. Watt. Yeah. Even Trey McBride was like, I want to meet J.J. Watt. Yeah. <laughs> but Cameron Thomas, in particular because that's his position and he was just soaking it up. There was a lot more J.J. Watt said in that scene. We can't play it all now. We'll play some of it later, but you could tell Cameron Thomas is like, yeah, just keep talking, big guy. Hey, the last two years I believe have been the best thing for Zach Allen. Last two years because he actually got to spend them with J.J. Watt and I don't think it is a coincidence that Zach Allen and his career arc has rocketed in an upward motion because of J.J. Watt and the influence of J.J. Watt, and I think Cam Thomas probably is benefiting this year from it. I would say Zach Allen and J.J. Watt would have been show stealers in a normal episode just because every time they showed them, they were bickering about washing a dog or <laughs> stepping on your foot on, in, in, during the game. Uh, we got one more, of course. We got the wolf counts. Oh, a wolf count. Alright, so there's some controversy here. Uh, I have six wolves. Jesse, what did you have? Nine? Correct. Lauren, you had eight. All right, so that shows okay. you how good we are at counting on this show. Yeah, boy, that's bad, isn't so, it? Yeah, more important than the exact number is the simple fact that we can't agree on a number, the three of us. Yeah. All right, coming up next, James Jones was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday to talk about the state of the Suns. We'll react to some of what he had to say next. It is Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All 
right, back to basketball. The Suns getting set to take on the L.A. Clippers. One of these, like, hey, thanks for daylight savings. Now the game starts at 8.30 p.m., which I don't really care because I stay up late anyway, but I'm sure there's a lot of Suns fans that have to work tomorrow that don't necessarily want to have to stay up to 11 to watch the end of this game. Although, look, Wolf, if it's like the last few games, you don't have to watch past halftime. So oh, dude, stop it. It'll be better tonight. I can't Friday in the that. Protective Cup right now is Luke Lipinski broadcasting. Ladies it's and gentlemen. the only way to deal with this five-game losing streak. Here's uh, James Jones on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. They asked him, okay, how do you feel after this five-game losing streak? No, nah, you can't panic. Um, you know, We've had our chances in some of them, and some games we haven't had a chance. Um, you know, you can't get down to, to good teams early and consistently. Um, but, you know, it's been a struggle for us, and, you know, we don't make any excuses. You know, we know that, you know, where we are, we're fortunate to have, have started well, and uh, we're still in a good position. But, you know, there are a lot of areas where we, we can improve and we need to improve, and, you know, that will happen. But for right now, we just have to focus on being able to start games strong, you know, get Chris off to a good start, and give ourselves a chance on the road. Your thoughts on that look right there? It's a very measured approach by James Jones, is it not? Yeah, look, I mean, because it's James Jones and just it's consistent with his character, I'm, I'm good with it. Like, if he came on and was like, no, if we got to change everything, I'd be like, hold on. Yo. James Jones is panicking, and James Jones never panics. So what is happening? I, I think it's it's the right approach for him to take, but... I'll just keep coming back to this. The last two weeks have shown me that the Suns are, this is, I still think this is a team that can go really deep, but they are missing a piece or two and they're going to have to make moves. Whereas like last year, for example, you're always like, okay, if you're, if you're a 64 win team, what can you add? You got to go all in right now, right? But did, did it ever really feel like they had to have something or they were going to get bounced in the second round or first round? That's what it feels like right now. You know, I, I mean, I get it. James Jones, um, he's got to put on the general manager hat right now. But as a former player, and that is the one thing I love about James Jones more than anything else, is he general manages based on being a player. <laughs> and I love that. He is a player general manager, if you will. And I love his approach on this. But I wonder if, in fact, he's he's focusing more on the general manager part because he's not actually identifying any problems whatsoever that may exist. Because to me, as a player, you got to tell the truth. You hear me tell, you hear me say this all the time. You have to tell the truth as a player. It's the only way you can fix something. You have to acknowledge that there's something there to fix. And I wonder, does James look at what has transpired over the last five, six games and say, you know what, that's got to be fixed? I would imagine at some point in time, as the player, more player in him comes out, he's got to acknowledge the fact something is not right. Well, it's sort of, I, I was going to quote Ted Lasso, but I know you haven't seen Ted but Lasso. But as a general manager, he's not going to tell you no, that. No, he's not going to tell us. But there's that scene in Ted Lasso where he's just like, gets everybody together. And he's like, all right, we're broken. we got to fix this, right? It's basically what you're saying. <laughs> Ted like, who? You, you, can't, you can't just remember when Cliff Kingsbury yes, told you to I remember Ted Lasso Kingsbury a year Ted and a half Lasso. ago. Yes, I, I don't know. And you still about. haven't watched it. Right. Um, so I, I think you're right. He's not going to say, James Jones is going to say this to the media, but I, I, I kind of... 
Once they didn't make a, a Jay Crowder move within like the first week or two of the season, I assume James Jones was like, okay, I'm going to sit back. I've got these picks. I've got Jay Crowder. I've got other, you know, I've got pieces I can move. I'm going to see how this plays out for a couple months and, and really identify what our issues are because I can't, I, I can't tra- trade Jay Crowder in the second week and then be like, oh, actually, we needed this. Or I can't trade a bunch of picks for this player and then be like, oh, actually, we needed this. But I would say now, Wolf, we are a couple months into the season. We're basically a third of the way into the season. And the trade deadline's, what, two months away, basically? And it's yeah. pretty clear that they need a, a few things now. It really it really is. If you're, if you're going to try and win the championship, and you should still be doing that, there's a few things you need now. Yeah, you know. They're not unattainable pieces. You don't need, you don't have to go out and get Steph Curry and Giannis. Yeah, right. But you, you know, do have to make moves. No, I, I would agree with that. I think they do have to make a move. I'm wondering if the move they haven't made is really messing them up as well in regard to the Jay Crowder situation. The move you have not made. In other words, the, the fact that he's still out there. Do you think Jay Crowder from time to time, talks to some of the sons. <laughs> it would seem to me that it would, I mean, I would do it. Are you kidding me? I would If I had so. a teammate, if I had a teammate, and okay, he's at odds with the organization, but he's my teammate. He's a guy that I depended on while we were out there competing. He's a guy that had my back, and I had his back. Do you think Jay Crowder, is is he an enemy of everybody in that locker room? No. Or do you think he actually has some, I guarantee you, he's got buds inside that locker room. He was part of the team that we all thought was one of the tightest knit teams exactly, in the NBA last exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah, he was part of it. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they haven't just made that move and sort of buried that story. I'm just what, wondering, though, Luke, is it just the mental? Is it is it the mental aspect of it and the soulful aspect of it, if you will, to be carrying this weight around of Jay Crowder? And if you had a good relationship with Jay Crowder, the fact that Jay Crowder, you talk to him from time to time, is still technically on the team, but not, I mean, really, does that become a weight mentally I, I think, at some point in time? And I like that James Jones doesn't do things based on how the team is perceived or based on PR moves, but it's absolutely leaving open the discussion of, of if, if this team doesn't do what they were expected to do this season, and Jay Crowder's going to be on the team, but not on the team like this for his long as he has that opens you up to a lot of criticism that's that's partially why i thought the trade was going to happen in the first week or two of the season because now it's just lingering and even if it's not causing these issues it's the easiest thing to point to because it probably is causing some of the issues to say well why didn't you trade this guy or bring him back figure it out he was a huge part of a 64 win team yes what did he do that was so bad you know for me it was it was going to happen before the season started it was yeah. you got to be kidding me you're not going to go into the regular season with this hanging over your team right you're not going to do it. Hanging over so this once team. again, you have to wonder what, why James Jones is a really smart guy. Why? Why are they walking down this path right now? The path that isn't on the map. Why would you do that? I don't know. 
you would think you would think he's just waiting for the right trade, but you don't. You're not going to have a ton of leverage when you've made it clear you don't want the guy that you're trying to trade away and say, "Hey, look how valuable this guy is." All right, when we come back. Lorenzo Alexander is going to join us for the lowdown. We'll get into what the Cardinals are supposed to do next. Still have four games left. How would Zoe navigates uh, not having your quarterback for the foreseeable future? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.